This is Pat Johnson, and you're listening to Birchwood Broadcast. Beautiful. That was great. I, I do enjoy radio very much. It's one of those art forms that, very much like comedy, is all-encompassing, and I really feel like if I were to get back into radio, that would just be my life again. Right. And there wouldn't be the time to hit the mics I need. There wouldn't be the time to write the jokes, because your life is radio. You're... You're working shifts. Working for shifts. First. You're, yeah. you're you're doing show prep for your show. Like there just wouldn't be the time. So um, whenever I get really frustrated with comedy, I normally message my old radio bosses and being like, "Hey, dude, would you ever consider you know?" And then like they're like, "Yes, you do this like once every two years. You're always welcome back, but you're not. We know going, you're not. We funny. know you're full of <laughs> shit. Yeah, like, so." <laughs> we'll freshen up with a mint joke. How's that? Just a nice refreshing mint joke. Guaranteed you ever discovered mint. Their first thought I had to have been, wow, this tastes way better than the last ten leaves I tried. That's a caveman joke. <laughs> I'll tell you what, St. John, I'll put a Canadian spin on it for you. Okay? Canadian spin. Guarantee you ever discovered maple syrup. Their first thought I had to have been, wow, this tastes way better than the last 10 trees I sucked on. <laughs> Canadian caveman. <laughs> I got cotton in the bottom land. It's up and growing, and I got a good stand. My good wife and them kids of mine Gonna get new shoes come picking time Get new shoes come picking time Every night when I go to bed I thank the Lord that my kids are fed They live on beans eight days and night But I get them fat come picking time Get them fat come picking time the corn is yellow and the beans are high The sun is hot in the summer sky The work is hard till laying by Laying by till picking time Laying by till picking time It's hard to see by the cool oil light And I turn it off pretty early at night Cause a jug of cool oil costs a dime but a stay up late come picking time Stay up late come picking time My old wagon barely gets me to town I patch the wheels and I water them down Keep her in shape so she'll be fine To haul my cotton come picking time Haul my cotton come picking time Last Sunday morning when they passed the hat It was still nearly empty back where I sat But the preacher smiled and said that's fine The Lord will wait till pickin' time The Lord will wait till pickin' time Yeah, there was a couple 90 years old, standing by a fence. And they were fucking away like mad. 
jumping on and running and jumping. And she said, phew, we haven't felt like that since we were 19. He said, we weren't standing by an electric fence. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I want to do a little interview with you. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, your name is what? Jason Gupta. And when did you start doing stand-up comedy? Started in February 2018. Okay. I recorded your set last night. Okay. And um, I was hoping to use some of that on the podcast. Yeah. And what happens is I, I just take, like, the the joke that gets the biggest pop and then we do a little mini interview and then I kind of splice in your comedy for layers okay so if that's okay with you yeah Yeah, so if you were wondering yeah this is my real voice no I'm not taking it (laughs) I I, actually had that same show uh, a girl told me I I sound like Josh Turner. You guys know who Josh Turner is? No. No. Well, that kind of sucks for the next bit. Um, well, maybe you'll know this song. Baby, lock the door and turn the lights down low. You guys know that one? Yeah, my husband does. Oh, perfect. Um, I just thought I could write a country song. Bud and bucks and beer and trucks and bud and bucks and trucks. <laughs> I mean, all you, you really gotta do is just like, put nine to five hunting and Jesus. You gotta fucking hit. <laughs> you guys thought I wasn't gonna do more singing. Well, there ain't no wine, Jesus. But there's a you. There's also a you and hunting, button and buck, trucking too. There ain't no wine, Jesus. Yeah, that much is true. But after I work that nine to five, I'm coming home to you. Okay, perfect. This is uh, Birchwood. I don't know if you know. I right, do yeah, this podcast. Uh, uh, the so Pocket you... Podcast is just, this is the one that RF ripped me a new asshole for for having a phone. Oh, really? <laughs> He's like, you got the fucking phone. You don't have a podcast. Um, yeah, so you started uh, stand-up in St. John? Yeah, I, my first uh, first ever set was at Yuck Yucks for uh, Open Mic. And I wasn't totally prepared, but I actually went in and did really well. Um, according to some people, I kind of blacked out for the whole time, but it was fun. Uh, started, yeah, I, I, I just kind of on a whim decided to sign up one on Sunday, and then Wednesday I got an email saying, you know, we got somebody drop out. Do you want to want to go on? And in a panic, I uh, texted my girlfriend, called her, and ended up going on, and, and haven't looked back. So it's it's pretty fun. I love doing it. Nice man. Well, you seem to be really good at it. You did well last night. How did you I feel did. about your set? I thought it was. I thought it was great. Um, I was nervous at first, but it went really well. It's, it's landed in almost all the right places, so it was. It was pretty fun. I loved it. Well, I like. I look forward to seeing what you do in the in the coming years. So any yeah. plans to like move to bigger cities and? Uh, not. Not really. No. I got a, a daughter lives lives in New Brunswick, so I'm looking to stay close. You know, if I get some opportunities to go different places for 
Quick for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take That's them. what I do. I have kids, and I'll yeah. I'll go for the weekend or whatever, right? Yeah. And then yeah. And if it leads into something more, then so be it. But, uh, well, based on what I saw, I'm sure it will. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. How can people find you? Uh, well, I, I'm on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. What's your handle? Oh, man, I'll have to look it up. Uh, but I'm on uh, Facebook, Jason Gary Guptill. Yeah. G-U-P-T-I-L-L, for people who don't know how to say my name. But my, uh, my handle on Instagram is ball.don't. Dot lie. Ball dot don't dot lie. Ball don't lie. Ball <laughs> Thanks don't for lie. doing this, Jack. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Welcome to Birchwood Podcast from Birchwood Trailer Park in beautiful Public Landing, New Brunswick, Canada. Happy Friday, May 17th, 2019. Here's what's going on with me. Uh, First of all, May 24th and 25th, uh, there will be an excellent comedy show that you should know about in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada at Chuckles Comedy Club. Please check out chucklescomedyclub.ca for more details. Uh, I'm going to give you some details anyway, because it's all about the details, family. Okay, here we go. Niall Seguin will be at Chuckles. And who is that guy? Well, he's a very funny writer. Uh, he's a very funny performer. And he's got a huge afro. And uh, he looks very funny. And uh, you can uh, check them out on YouTube. Uh, Just do a YouTube search. uh, The human version of when a cat brings you a dead bird. Very funny guy. He's going to be headlining the show. But not to be outdone. He's got three great support acts uh, that will be opening for him. First off, the Spawn of St. John. Host of the Sludcast, New Brunswick's number one comedy podcast. Mark Splude will be on that show. Also, from northern New Brunswick, the very funny and talented Nathan Dimitrov, who I've never seen, but I've heard great things about. Looking forward to meeting him. And from Callis, Maine, proud father of two kids, proud husband of one wife. Hi, Susan. And the hilarious, the wonderful Brian Giles will be on the show as well. So, Check that out, May 24th and 25th at Chuckles Comedy Club. Now, as for me, I will be a part of the Best in New Brunswick Comedy Tour. We're going to the Tribute Barn Lounge in Fredericton, June 7th, June 15th. Funnies for the Felines, featuring Mark Sauvet at Chuckles Comedy Club. I'm going to be hosting that. It also features uh, disgruntled superstore employee and future serial killer, John Scove Nielsen, as well as Miramichi's Funniest Man Ever. Matt Richardson. So that's going to be a great show. June 15th, Funnies for the Felines fundraiser for Cat Karma in St. John, New Brunswick. Check it out. Uh, June 16th, Netflix star and Juno Award winner Dave Merhage will be at Chuckles Comedy Club. More on that next week. Uh, July, I'm doing a private show. Uh, I can't talk about it, except to say it's out of town. If I promote it, 
there will be problems, and I can't tell you why. It's a mystery show. Maybe I'll tell you after I do it. Um, taking August off for camping with the family, uh, and I, I may pop in and do a set somewhere. I'm not really sure. I know I'm going to be looking after things at Chuckles. And then uh, returning to comedy September 20th, the best in New Brunswick comedy tour at the St. John Marina. And you can get tickets uh, for all of those uh, shows at the best in New Brunswick comedy tour Facebook page. Uh, Check it out, like it, share it. Thank you. For all my comedy dates, go to Comedian Shane Ogden on Instagram, Shane Ogden Comedian on Facebook, Funny Shane Ogden on Twitter. And for all upcoming shows at the club, visit chucklescomedyclub.ca. And if you are in the St. John, New Brunswick, Canada area, check out St. John Stand Up on Facebook, your one-stop shop for all things stand-up comedy in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. It's St. John Stand Up. Like and share that, please. And without further ado, a word from our sponsors. Hey, what's up, weirdos? It's Mark Splood, and I am the host of the Spludcast. But, you know, you should probably know that already, shouldn't you? You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Everyone listens to my show. What's the point of even doing a commercial? Well, listen, just in case there's one poor bastard out there who doesn't know about it, it's the best damn podcast in the world, and you can find it every Thursday on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your shit. Get my shit. It's called the Spludcast. Check it out. Download it. Sit down on your ass crack of Dosecchi's. Fire up your favorite sativa and driver right the fuck into you. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true. star hip hop. world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll sue. Welcome back, everybody. And thank you for um, listening. And uh, that was uh, off the top. You probably heard... Uh, the song. Why wouldn't you have heard the song? That's a stupid thing to say, Shane. Shane, you're so stupid, 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 stupid. You ever do that? Self-shame yourself? It's lots of fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome to my brain. My name is Shane. Thank you for subscribing and all that and being supportive. By the way, my horse apple shirt is available on the Birchwood Podcast Facebook page. $25. That's the price I put on it because it costs 16 something to make. And I got to make a couple of shillings there for the family. You know what I mean? Okay, here we go. So, <clears throat> top of the things on my list. I got a job. Thank you, Lord. I have work. I don't know if you know this area or not. Ladies and gentlemen, my listeners all across North America, but New Brunswick should be called No Funswick because there's just no work here, man. Barely. Barely. And the, even the good jobs don't pay uh, what they should pay because it's an employer's market here. They really got you by the balls, Jack. But I got lucky because I got a phone call and they were like, uh, hey, uh, you still looking for a job in the field that you trained for all those years ago? And you've been really hoping that your life would change and that you could afford food and shelter at the same time? And I was like, boy, do I, sir. And he was like, well, then why don't you show the fuck up on Monday? I was like, fuck my balls, I'll be there. 
And um, so, and then he called me back and he was like, I forgot to ask you how much you want to get paid. And then he said, a large amount of money. And I said, yeah, let's, let's, sure. <clears throat> I was happy with the amount of money, he said. And uh, good for me, right? But, you know, I gotta say, there's problems. You know, I'm a father, husband, comedian, comedy club founder, and show producer, and now podcaster. I keep myself pretty fucking busy. And I haven't been doing the electrician part of what I do, right? In a long time. Because I just didn't have the work. There wasn't the work. I didn't aggressively look for the work. Uh, but then we got poor, really poor, really fast. And I mean, we didn't go to the food bank or file for social assistance or anything like that. Uh, nor would we if, I mean, we would do everything to avoid that, but... See, a lot of people get this idea that I'm a comedy club owner, I should have all kinds of money, but anyone that is in the business of the arts will tell you that it is financial suicide, it is financial ruin, it is the financial wasteland. When you get into art, it's boom and bust, it's a break-even game. Um, and even with all of the success we've been having at Chuckles, uh, just to give you a peek into the financial side of it, uh, the problem is, in order to be the biggest and best, which we most certainly are, check out chucklescomedyclub.ca and uh, YouTube and Google all the comedians, ask around, we bring the best com comedians to town. Uh, we're the best, we're literally the best comedian club on the east coast of Canada. And uh, that's because of the great performers that we bring in, but they come with a price tag. You know, Lululemon. They're, they're a hell of a pair of pants, but you gotta pay, Jack! Jill, I guess, right? Oh, who knows? Who knows what's in the goddamn Lululemons these days? And it's all fine, whatever's in there. Um, whatever's in your pants, it's all right with everybody, including me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not something that I've been doing. So I was nervous as hell to go back to work as an electrician because... I know it, but I don't know it quickly and on demand and in a capacity that, like, I mean, I looked at the uh, comedians that were, comedians, <laughs> ah, force of habit. Um, oh, I get, ooh, I'm all over the place, but I just, I filled my time with other things while I wasn't doing electrical. And now I'm doing electrical again. I was nervous as hell to show up on Monday because Although I've been licensed as an electrician, a Red Seal electrician, for about four years, I've probably only worked one year as an electrician because of all the other things that I've been doing. And it's all good. I, I, can, I got the paperwork. I've passed the tests. But when I go to function as an electrician on a job site, I'm nowhere near as quick as these other ninjas that are around me. They're so good at their job. They just look like a fish in water. You know, they they look like they know what they're doing because they do. You know, maybe to them, their passion is, is electrical work. And uh, that's only part of what I do. I don't dedicate all of my brain power and soul and will into the into the very important work of 
putting lights and heat and all of the amazing things that electricity provides us. Also, I don't really like it that much. I mean, I like it more than flipping burgers. But I don't want to climb on a ladder and and find out what circuit goes where. I mean, it, it couldn't interest me less. But it is a means to an end. It's a way to put meat and potatoes on the plate, not just craft dinner. And I do want what's best for my family. So I spruced up the resume and I went out and, uh, you know, you, you go handing out resumes and you don't expect anyone to call you back. So when I got the call back within a day, I was like, oh, shit, snap. It's time to get the stainless steel lunch pail and listen to that 5.30 a.m. fucking alarm clock and put on my steel toe work boots and be a man, right? I'm not. I'm not a man. I'm not an alpha. I'm not a patriarchal, misogynistic bully that you need to be to be a real construction man. It's a... It's a bully culture, man. It's a it's a it's a different world. It's a different world in the in the construction world. And and I mean there are times when I like it, but it is not welcoming if you're a woman or sometimes a minority or sometimes you know, it's just not a welcoming environment. It really isn't. It really is not, man. It's uh it's rough. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's it's not a pretty world. It's um, but there are good times, and it is good pay. And uh, I say all these things as a an excuse, you know, to to put up with it. Maybe if I worked a little harder at comedy, I would be able to pull off some kind of miracle and be a comedian for a living. But right now, I'm mostly just an electrician. So the top of my list uh, of things I wanted to tell you was I got this job. I show up Monday. I'm really nervous. And I find out uh, that my boss is a yeller. <laughs> He's a yeller. He likes to yell until things happen, which puts everyone on edge and fills me with anxiety. And Yeah, not easy, man. Like uh, in one scenario... I was uh, putting up these brackets and they have a special screw and there's only one screw for one bracket that will work and you can't go to the hardware store to get them because they manufacture them purposely uh, very uniquely so that they only work with that bracket. And then he says, where are them screws? And I say, uh, uh, he's like, never mind, uh, you should know where they are. You're the one that had the bracket. And he's yelling at me. And by the way, I found them 30 seconds later, but it was too late. The rage was already out. Uh, God damn it. You know, I, I mounted a heater at the wrong height and he said, oh, you should have known. But I said, do you want it mounted at 16 inches? It's not a baseboard heater. It's not a, a normal uh, on the ground heater. It's a, it's a big 16 inch unit. It's a square unit. And I kept saying to him, do you want this mounted at 
16 inches. And he said, yep, we got to clear that four inch baseboard. <laughs> but all he meant was he wanted it five inches off the ground, but he didn't literally say that. He just agreed with me when I said 16 inches. And there was some confusion and miscommunication and it just turned into him being so angry at me, you know, and, and there's no way to feel cool when that happens. There's no way that you can just be all right with that. You know, it's, oh, you should have, you should have known that that's not 16 inches off ground. I mean, for Christ's sakes, it's a heater. Oh, you should have known that right away. You're a journeyman electrician. You should know that. Yeah, I should know that. But unfortunately, no one's been patient with me, including you. So maybe teach me instead of yelling at me and listen to my words and I'll listen to yours. And maybe together we can fucking mount heaters at the right fucking level. How about that? None of that was said, by the way, because I tremble in fear that I'll lose this great job that I don't want. So that's my personal hell. <laughs> We're, you know, there's even times when he did something wrong and somehow included me in the blame. Like we're hooking up this light and it's an elaborate light. It's very long and thin. It's an LED kind of a light and it uh, jumpers over into an, another light in the same room. And it also, the power comes from the other room uh, from a junction box and so there's a way that you, and there's a sensor involved. So when you walk in the room, the light automatically turns on and there's low voltage switching involved. So it's, it's, it's not, it sounds a little complicated if you're not in electrical. It's not that complicated if you are in electrical, but the point is there's a lot of wires in a very specific order in where they go. And, um, wow, he assembled the whole light and I was thinking, isn't that the wrong wire doesn't that go into a different box and i watched him put the put this fucking light together and i was afraid to tell him hey that's the wrong you know i should have been like him hey that's the wrong fucking light you dummy <laughs> but i don't like being unemployed so i just watched him put this together knowing damn well it was wrong and then he was, I said, and I finally, when I worked up the courage to ask him, I said, is that the feed for that sensor? And he goes, ah, oh, Christ, God damn it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, we fucked up, he said. We? How do you get we out of you? I mean, yeah, I watched you do it. But on the other hand, you fucking did it. Take some responsibility. I can't say any of this to him because I, I, I got to keep this great job that I don't want. But I do want it because I do want the best for my family and uh, maybe it'll get better. Maybe he'll yell at me less. And you know, this reminds me of a, a time I was complaining about the bully culture in, in construction. And uh, <laughs> my friend Gail Simpson said, because, I mean, wait, before I tell you what she said, you know, we we're I was right in the middle of this rant about how being in construction, why do you got to tell people to fuck off before they will respect you? And why is it such a rough, unwelcoming environment? And she just leaned over to me, looked me dead in the eyes and goes, well, I hear Molly Maid's hiring if you're having trouble, if you'd like a little easier work. 
And I was like, that's sexist, but I'm laughing. It is funny. Uh, you know, even before on Monday when I was thinking about uh, getting my tools ready on Sunday, I bought a new electrical tester and I was thinking about buying a hacksaw because my hacksaw is like a dollar store hacksaw. It's like such a weak looking pathetic hacksaw. It's like the most basic hacksaw you can get. And I was like, no, I don't have the money. I'm not going to buy it right now. I'll buy it when I get my first paycheck. And of course it came to pass that my boss, my boss that yells, <laughs> you know, he, he picked up the hacksaw and he went to cut a pipe with it. And he was like, is this your little girl's hacksaw? <laughs> I had to give it to him. That was, it was kind of funny. A little sexist, but kind of funny. Um, what can I tell you, man? He's a yeller. It is not fun, man. And I, I, I gotta tell you, I was defeated on Monday. And Tuesday was the absolute worst. Tuesday's when I fucked up the mounting height of the heater. I lost a screw to one of the lights and they don't make that kind of a screw. It just bounced out of my hand and went, who knows? If you've ever dropped a screw, you know they bounce about fucking 60 miles. You'll never see it again. So we looked and looked and looked. Imagine looking for a guy you know is going to... Looking with a guy on the ground and your hands and knees with a guy you know is going to yell at you. It is a goddamn nightmare. It's embarrassing. It's... It tears you right to the studs. It it really, really fucking makes you feel stupid. And I've felt stupid my whole life, and I don't want to fucking go back. <sighs> I just have to do it every day <laughs> for an indefinite amount of time. But I'm lucky, right? I'm lucky. I really am. I'm lucky to have a job. There's a lot of people out there without a job. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm just hoping that I get used to this guy or they move me something to get away from all the yelling um a little bit of break though a little bit of relief monday at lunchtime i saw a legitimate domestic dispute and i gotta say it was just what i needed <laughs> to make me laugh because um this woman walks by okay and she's uh, she's pregnant and walking up this hill right by where we stand outside for our break and have coffee. Um, and so we're having our coffee and the woman walks up the street and there's a man behind her. I call him a man. He you know, looks like he's trying to be a white rapper or something. And she's like, Christopher David Davidson isn't his son. Apparently, she likes making eye contact with us, like telling us the story. And then he looks at us as they're walking past and goes, you see what I put up with every day? God. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so crazy that you would act that way in front of other people in public. This is amazing. So like, they got to the top of the hill. I swear to God, she slapped him. He slapped her. And then she threw something at him and he threw something at her and it broke on the street. And then they chased each other around the block. And I got to say, it was one of the best moments of my life. I loved it so much. 
And uh, <laughs> so keep fighting in public. That is Ogden approved. That it was amazeballs. I loved it. Thank you to the fighting couple uh, for their domestic dispute in public. That was just what I needed to, uh, to have a great laugh. And by the way, one of my coworkers saw them later that day and they were uh, also making out in public. So good for them. I'm sure meth is cheap in St. John. And uh, yeah, hashtag Saint Awesome. Check it out. having coffee in my Birchwood Trailer Park um, mug, my Birchwood Podcast mug. Buy a mug. By the way, you can email me at birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com and tell me where you are listening from because I, I get so many listeners in the United States and so many listeners in Canada, so many listeners in Australia and, and other places, but I want to know where you are. And I want to know um, if, what you think of the podcast, so let me know. And if there's anything I can add or take away. You know, I used to, in the earlier episodes, I had these sensor beeps in between the segments. And one of my uh, listeners emailed me and said, you know, that's really loud. So I'm, I'm trying to improve all the time. So birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com if you want a mug or if you want a gab or if you want some unsolicited advice. I got to keep it going on in the absence of Marty. Rest in peace, Marty D. Martin Sonier, my friend. All right, so I got a job. I went through the grumpy boss scenario. Why don't bosses just walk up to you and tell you good job, you know? Good job. I guess you'd have to be doing a good job for them to say that, right? <sighs> I don't know. I just don't get it. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to do better. Uh, but today, today, he told me, and you seem like you know what you're doing. Uh, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. So it was, it was a step up. But I know if I fuck anything up or if I'm too slow or if I don't understand something, he'll be at the bottom of my ladder looking at me in disappointment like my stepfather looked at me my entire childhood. So good for me. Money is great. I can't wait to eat my steak and cry. I fucking cried Tuesday night. That's how bad it was. You know? I literally cried like a... Well, what? Like a what? Like a weak person? It was fucking terrifying. Thinking I'm going to lose my job, you know? I don't know. He said I seem to know what I'm doing today. So, who knows? It's the struggle that we all go through, right? Tell me your struggles, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. I'll give you advice. Maybe you can give me some advice on how to handle this grumpy boss. Do you have a grumpy boss? I hope not. I hope your boss is like the cat's meow, the cat's pajamas. I hope your boss is really nice. Probably on the top of the podcast. Also, you heard my friend, my new friend, Pat Johnson, who's an 83-year-old woman. And uh, <laughs> the best in New Brunswick comedy tour was at the uh, Cannabacasis Legion uh, in Ross A, New Brunswick, Canada. And we performed and we were a hit. Uh, shout out to the boys on the show, Glenn Kamo, Chris Hovey, and Mark Splude, who all tore the roof off that place. And I got to say, I, I had a great set. I don't normally brag, but... It was one of those nights where everything clicked together. I did some crowd work. 
um, with the old, pe- there were some old people in the crowd and, uh, I, I, I wove them into my act and they loved it and, uh, they were sweet. And the, after the show, an 83 year old woman came up to me and started telling me dirty jokes. So, uh, shout out to Pat Johnson. It was really nice to meet you. Um, I love old people, man. If you want to know something about life, talk to an old person. I mean, cause they, you know, it builds character, what they, they went through a lifetime and, and, and things were harder in the past. You know, if you've churned butter and shit outdoors, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, you have a better understanding of the world. I think you, you, you know, you actually, you at least have more gratitude for the amazing inventions and vaccines. Please vaccinate. What the fuck are you doing? Goddamn polio coming back. What what, what the fuck? You flat earth and fucking rejects. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I never talk that way. But don't do that. Or do it, right? Don't get sick because you're stupid. Read a book. Um, Keep fighting in public, you fucking crazy people. <laughs> ah... Thank you to my beautiful wife, Lishi, for holding up the fort while I was uh, out getting this wonderful job I have. Um, yes, yeah, so what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, did I talk about the... Oh, no, I didn't. So <clears throat> the other thing you heard at the beginning of the podcast was a song that I love. And I played it on purpose because I got a job. It's called Pickin' Time, and it's uh, Johnny Cash about a simple farmer who can't wait to harvest his cotton, beans, and corn so that he can get his kids fat come picking time. And uh, that's a Johnny Cash tune, and I always loved it. It's uh, short and sweet from his early work. And, um, you know, it's just a very humble tune about worrying about, uh, you know, providing for your family. So that's kind of what I've been going through, but in the modern times, and uh, it's kind of eerie, spooky, and wonderful to go into the... uh, into the past and hear how we're the same as people uh, in different eras. But I, I, I did a little, <laughs> I did a little dig in there and uh, somehow I found out <laughs> that Johnny Cash has a brother who performs today. He's 79 years old, born April 5th, 1940, lives in Arkansas. I swear to God, Tommy Cash. Where the fuck have I been that Tommy Cash exists and I didn't know about it? Are you shitting me? I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan and I knew he had brothers and sisters, but Tommy Cash and he performs. He's like on tour right now. If you don't believe me, go to TommyCash.com and look at the very poor facsimile of Johnny. I'm sorry, Tommy, you're just not as good. It would be like if I were like Tim Jeffries or Mo Rogan, Shane Cook. You know, like, it's just not the same. And please stop with these goddamn tribute bands, okay? Nobody wants to see Tom Travolta do the fucking Ouija's, okay? Nobody wants to see the Eagles tribute band. Unless you're around a campfire or something, but fuck off with these tribute bands. I hate that shit. Respect the architect, man. I have so much respect for the author and the creator of art. 
Doesn't matter what you do. It's already been done. Don't do it again. Don't do it because it's fun to pretend you're Elvis. <laughs> My dream is just to drive a tractor trailer over all the Elvis impersonators. Like, but at the same time, I, I really don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Buy a mug. <sighs> Have your coffee with me. Buy a mug. Buy a Birchwood mug. So Tommy Cash, check him out. <laughs> he exists. Oh my god. Yes, uh, my dog Taz has an ear infection. It's worrying me. You may have heard him howling earlier a little bit. That's what he does. But I squirted some of that uh, stuff in his ear that the vet gave us. <laughs> it's literally like a thimble full of liquid for $41. Thank you, vet. <laughs> I don't get fucked on a daily basis enough. Oh, and uh, but I love my terriers, uh, Taz and Sparkle. I should throw a picture of them up on Birchwood uh, Podcast on Facebook. Please like that page, by the way. And I often will post pictures of what I'm doing and, and stuff like that. Or I say that, but I haven't really done a lot yet, but I will be. So check that out. Uh, this Saturday night, I'm going on a staycation with uh, my beautiful wife, Lishi. Uh, we, <laughs> my way better half, Lishi. And I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of dirty sex stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's going to be like uh, mostly cable TV because I don't have cable. I just have Netflix and uh, Tubi and Crave and all that shit, right? I don't I don't have home and garden television like oh, I crave watching somebody build a fucking deck. Oh, yeah. What kind of stain are they going to use? You know, is it level? Oh, my God. Are they rebuilding a deck? Why not just buy a whole new deck? There's so many things I can't wait to... Like, I just love watching those shows. And I know they're stupid when they rebuild a house in 30 seconds, 30 minutes, or 22 minutes, whatever it is with commercials. And then it's such a trip to see the commercials again. And I know that uh, I'm getting old and, and really have no good sense of what's fun because uh, there will be some dirty sex stuff, but I'm mostly looking forward to cable TV. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong we have we have a very healthy uh, life uh, but it's just sometimes you just want to watch tv you know what i mean it's just you know sometimes you get a little horny whatever but sometimes you just want to watch some goddamn cable you know what i mean i'm just looking forward to fucking relaxing in that hotel bed oh man the hotel bed <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Last time Leisha and I were in a hotel, we got this uh, champagne as a joke, mostly. And, uh, but we were like, you know, smoking a little pot and drinking a little bit. And the next thing you know, <laughs> Leisha looks at me with bedroom eyes and goes, you've hardly touched your champagne. <laughs> I lost my fucking shit laughing, man. What a great night. And I'm looking forward to uh, spending some quality time with my lady this weekend. So it's uh, our friend Holly's 60th birthday. And she's invited her, all of her family. And uh, yeah, so the first time I met Holly, um, I can't remember if it was, you know, Alicia introduced me to her friend Holly. It's like Holly's her second mom. Um, she's always been there 
they've always been there for each other. They work together. They're co-workers and they're really good friends. And I don't know if you've ever met a boisterous 60-year-old black lady, but they do not fuck around, man. They're funny. Uh, maybe I'm stereotyping, but Holly is so fucking funny and just she dances and laughs and she's just such a great spirit to be around, man. So the first time I go over there, they invite me over. She said, have you ever been to a black barbecue? And I'm like, no, <laughs> why can't you just call it a barbecue? You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, my ancestors were racist pieces of shit, right? I come from English uh, heritage, so I'm not very proud of that. Uh, mostly raping and pillaging from my ancestors. <laughs> and she's like, uh, oh, yeah, no, because come to this black barbecue. She said, you've never eaten food until you've had ribs cooked by a black man. I'm like, oh, my God. So I go to this black barbecue, and it was the most delicious fucking barbecue I have ever had in my life. And I never really like I get weird when it comes to like being politically correct because I'm I'm constantly so afraid I'm gonna fuck it all up so like without thinking I brought a watermelon to this barbecue I didn't <laughs> I was literally walking up to the gate with it and then I was like oh my fuck I cannot bring this watermelon into a black barbecue with mostly black people they'll fucking think I'm saying something raci racist or something you know like even though I really wanted watermelon, I put it back in my car. Ah, white guilt. It's crazy. Why the fuck would that even bother me? You know what I mean? Fucking watermelon is delicious. That's what Dave Chappelle says. And um, so I put the watermelon back in the car. I go in, have a great time. And then uh, Holly fucks with me, like, all day. She's like, everybody, come on over and see this white boy. You ever seen a white boy before? <laughs> oh, my God. Get, let's take a picture with the white boy. I was like, oh, my God. It's so weird. I love you, Holly. You're so strange. Such a wonderful, fun lady. Uh, yeah, happy long weekend, everybody. I asked my grumpy boss if we're going to be working on Monday, and he said, no, fuck no. And I said, <laughs> I'll take that as a no then. He actually, <laughs> he actually laughed. So I, I can even make angry people laugh. A uh, little cool for camping yet, folks. Uh, but maybe you could uh, have a small responsible bonfire. Check with the forest rangers. Make sure it's not dry. And maybe buy uh, some water. You know, I always, when I do a little bonfire, I have the five-gallon buckets of water around just in case shit gets gnarly out there. Uh, make sure that you're responsible with the bonfires, but have one. Uh, if you've got a cool, damp night or something, have a bonfire with some hoodies, blankets, spider dogs, and marshmallows. Uh, we're going to be, we're into spring now, and hopefully we'll have some kind of a summer. Although just the other day I saw flurries on the east coast of Canada. Should be not doing that, right? Right. Was that everything I had to say? I said it all already? I think I did. Yeah. Street fighting. Yeah, I did. I said everything I wanted to say. I hope I get uh, better at electrical. I do. I, I don't hate it. I'm just, I'd rather be a comedian, you know? I hope that I can live out that dream one day. I do in small spurts. 
So, um, you know, yeah, email the podcast, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on all of these experiences and maybe share some of your experiences with me. That would be fun, right? We could be like weird pen pals where I write you a letter with my voice into your earlobes. Not lobes, your ducts, your ear canal. That's what it is. My words are going into your ear canal right now. What are you doing? What are you doing right now? You walking the dog? Are you working? Are you on a ladder? Oh my God, are you doing electrical? Let me know what you're doing. Let me know what you're doing, where you live. (laughs) I'm like a creepy stalker. Let me know everything you're doing so I can be interested and and talk about you on the podcast. Weird pen pal relationship you and I are going to have. Have a sip of coffee. (sighs) Buy a mug. All right, everybody. This is my conversation with my friend, Scott Belford. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, Scott's the kind of guy, I would be his friend, even if it had nothing to do with comedy. I wish this guy was my neighbor. I do. Him and his wife, Taylor, are uh, fantastic. Sorry, wife-to-be, fiancé. I just hate that word. Fiancé. Sounds like Beyonce, who I also don't really hate, but don't really love saying her name. Say my name, say my name. Who 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 sings that? I don't know. Rihanna? No, I, I have no idea who these uh, these uh, artists are anymore. I sound like a seventy two year old man. I'm only forty two. All right, all right. Anyway, Scott Belford uh, is a beloved friend of mine uh, from Edmonton. Uh, look, he comes from Grand Prairie. <clears throat> He's actually from Grand Prairie, Alberta, originally. He was a radio DJ who occasionally hosted some comedy shows in Grand Prairie at a hotel. I, I believe it was called the Trumpeter Hotel. I could be wrong about that. I think I've been there. Um, I, I was doing comedy in Calgary at the same time. So we've played many of the same rooms. We have many of the same friends in comedy. Uh, and Scott now, uh, I mean, now lives in close to Peggy's Cove somewhere in uh, Nova Scotia, Canada. But He's originally from Edmonton, or from Grand Prairie, had lived in Edmonton for many years, started stand-up in Edmonton. Uh, He loves baseball, loves the Toronto Blue Jays. He is a road warrior comedian. He's put on a lot of miles on his car uh, doing what he loves. He's a solid performer and consistently does well at stand-up, and I love watching him on stage. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy episode 11 of Birchwood Podcast with my friend, Scott Belford. All right. That's it. This is this is the Birchwood podcast. Nice, buddy. <laughs> Isn't this it's great? Happening, yeah. Right? This is this is late night silliness with Scott <laughs> Belford. Yeah. Um, this is like there's no like I don't have a plan. Like yeah. with my podcast is very conversational, very free flowing, and uh, the only reason is I don't know how to make a structure. I don't know what it is that I got to do, but I, a I'm just a free around people. flow guy. Yeah. I'm a free flow dude, man. It's great to see you, and we just did the uh, Comedy for the Pause fundraiser yeah, man, at Chuckles. it's always a pleasure working with you. I always <laughs> enjoy it. It's fun. It's, yeah, it's a lot of fun to, to do stand-up with you. And uh, you, when did you start doing stand-up? Uh, well, it's been 10 years now, but... Uh, so, 2010. 20... It was September 1st, 2008 is so when I... 12 opened. years. So, it's been... Well, it'll be 11 years come September. Let's call it a baker's dozen. Yeah, 11. sure. <laughs> I never knew what baker's dozen. I think they mean six, but I'm not sure what it means. It's baker's 13. Dozen. 
But Baker's dozen is thirteen. Now you know why. Why is that? Well, Baker's back in the day. I have no fucking idea. I, <laughs> I, I thought you were no going to launch into yeah, this yeah. wicked explanation. <laughs> I was going to be like, knew, right? man, like, this is a podcast worth listening to. Like, yeah, people, people are learning know, things. Yeah, no, no, no they are there's not. none of the, no chance of that tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, buddy. This is great, man. Started uh, started out west where uh, you got your. You're beginning going there, yeah. Although I started in Calgary, you started in Edmonton. I was in Edmonton, yeah. That's when you... Where? where, where? Well, I I, I mean, I did radio for years before that in Grand Prairie, Alberta, so up north. And then uh, I started emceeing a comedy show, and I kind of got the bug. So you went from... Disc jockey, like a radio, yeah. uh, truly on a rock station yeah, radio. On a rock station radio, and you went from that to hosting a comedy show because you were a local celebrity, kind of a yeah. So basically, our radio station was the sponsor for the show, so I had to go and MC it and kind of thank you all for coming. I'm Scott with Rock ninety seven. Yeah, you nice. Can do this and this. Yeah, give a few giveaways away. Yeah. And so I, I did that every week for a few months, and really like after. A little while of doing it kind of got the balls to actually start telling some jokes because I was just doing it with zero um, aspirations of comedy. I, I was even just nervous going up there and being like, hey, I'm with the radio station. You really didn't want any part of it other than... To start with, like when I yeah. when I really first started doing it, no, it wasn't like I was doing it because I was told I have to go do it, right? <laughs> like it was part of my job. Yeah. But then... Uh, well, you're the same way, you know. And once you kind of get that bug of wanting to tell jokes and you start getting laughs, you just want to be on stage. So. so, did you find yourself as the guest celebrity host uh, from the radio station? Yeah. Did you find yourself writing a few jokes? Like, yes, I did. Yeah, and that that was. I mean, in all honesty, I was writing stand up since I was like 16, but I didn't even know I was doing it. Like, I just write in my loose leaf jokes all the time. Like, I would write down funny things that I thought would. And I compiled, like, literally file folders full of useless ramblings that I would show nobody as a 17-year-old, right? Wow, you didn't even understand what you were doing. Oh, I had no idea because I was from Grand Prairie, Alberta, so, like, the idea of being a comedian was like being an astronaut, right? It was just something that, like... People told you as a kid, oh, you can do it, but you are no damn well. Like, what the yeah. fuck? No, I can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't be an astronaut. I yeah. Can't, I can't be a comedian. Like, that's crazy. And when I was a kid, like, you know, I would be running through the woods with a broken stick pretending I was Voltron. <laughs> you know, I was imagining these robot cats being my arms. And <laughs> yeah. Really, I've just got a couple of boxes that wrapping paper we're in you know but they were my bazookas yeah. you know this imaginary world and you felt very much the same about stand-up like this isn't this isn't a real thing that people can yeah, do yeah it was, it was an unattainable dream i didn't even consider pursuing it until i was mid-20s and had been presented time and time and time again with proof that you could do it you know by going to comedy shows and needing to emcee these shows and kind of seeing how it went like and then I had a few things happen. The radio station wound up losing the contract with the casino to do the show, so they got a new uh, radio station to do it. I wanted to still come and tell jokes, but my radio station figured it was a conflict of interest, and I said, well, what if I changed my name? And I was in love with a girl at the radio station, and things didn't work out. And I just kind of went sideways at a point and was like, screw it. 
I wanted out, I'm from Grand Prairie too, so I wanted out of Grand Prairie bad at that time. Yeah. Hometown syndrome, right? You just yeah. want to get out of there. Yeah, absolutely. So I just kind of hit a wall and was like, fuck it, I'm going to move to Edmonton and pursue comedy. So I quit radio. I left my hometown and got a $15 an hour warehouse job Monday to Friday and just started hitting mics. Started uh, hitting the road as soon as I could. It took me about a year to get to the point where I was proficient enough to get some road work but yeah that's awesome yeah. what a great backstory oh, i had go, no right? i had no idea you had that story yeah, like i've known go. you forever and i think i did hear you mention the radio thing before yeah. and it made sense to me but i don't think it's something that i actually retained yeah. for whatever reason you know you just talk to your friends and you figure oh yeah and you go through life you know yeah um man what an interesting so did you ever consider going back into broadcasting in any way like it wouldn't of be very. Course. It wouldn't be a very big leap for you to do a podcast. Actually, I have done a podcast before. I I do enjoy radio very much. It's one of those art forms that, very much like comedy, is all encompassing. And I really feel like if I were to get back into radio, that would just be my life again. Right. And there wouldn't be the time to hit the mics I need. There wouldn't be the time to write the jokes because your life is radio. You're you're. Working shifts. Working for first. shifts. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing show prep for your show. Like, there just wouldn't be the time. So, um, whenever I get really frustrated with comedy, I normally message my old radio bosses and being like, hey, dude, would you ever consider, you know? And then, like, they're like, yes, you do this, like, once every two years. You're always welcome back. But you're not. We know going, you're not. We funny. know you're full of <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, so. That's crazy. So, do you ever... Is there any part of you that misses Grand Prairie at all? Of course. I mean, I miss Alberta all the time. It's uh, it's home. It's like one of those... One of those things everyone feels, I think, um, when there's always one place in your heart, right? Where when you go back, you just have that feeling of like, I'm back. Right. And... That's that's Edmonton for me. I find uh, Grand Prairie doesn't do that for me like it used to, you know, because all yeah. my family and stuff live in Edmonton now, with the exception of my grandma in Grand Prairie. I've been out of Grand Prairie for 15 years, you know. I, I lived in Edmonton after that. I, I, yeah, so it just How many years did you live in Edmonton? I was in Edmonton for five years, moved to uh, pursuing comedy, and then I had literally gotten to the point in Edmonton in five years where I was very very close to making a living at it and uh one of the pros in town there uh really good buddy of mine you know him too sean lacomber he kind of sat me down at a point and he was like listen if you're going to leave if you're going to move if you're going to go to toronto vancouver la new york whatever now is the time because he's like i guarantee if you start making a living at this you're going to need to go back to grinding out the mics and not making money in a place like Toronto and and you just won't want to do that because you've already but and it makes sense right you put in so much time to kind of make a living so then I moved to Toronto and it was tough like Toronto was hard because it didn't they didn't give a fuck what I'd accomplished before where I was at comedically you basically start at the bottom and socializing has always been one thing that was never my main attribute. I've always been a guy that like that does not seem it, like true to me. And I appreciate that. I, I always feel like I'm faking it. Like I, I feel like I make a good fifth impression. 
you just stick around me long enough, you'll be like, ah, this guy's fucking all right. <laughs> you know, like. Wow, I did. I did not get that sense, and it's surprising for me to hear you say that because I really feel like where you like sports and you talk to people about sports and things. Yeah. I really feel like, wow, he's one of the boys. Wish I was into sports. <laughs> like, I feel like the outcast yeah. for you. So for well, you to feel like the outcast or that yeah. you're not good socially yeah. is what you're, I think you were trying to say. It is. I mean, I, I just, I'm at a point I know I do better in small scenes because I comedically I'm proficient so like I can get the job done I'm a working comic right like I go out and I get the laughs I can do it in a small town I can do it in a big city and I'm consistent across the board am I the funniest in a big city no am I the funniest in a small town no but can you expect me to like get the job done every time yes right so it's one of those things where when I moved to the big city and realized how much socializing and how much um, shaking the right hands and making the right friends and moving up the right ladders and right. there was a lot of politicking in it that I, I didn't expect right because I mean obviously in any industry in any city in any place you're going to need to play the game of some sort but uh, it was a bigger game and a more um, it was a bigger obstacle in Toronto than I had anticipated and I was also at a point when I moved to Toronto that, I mean, I was early 30s. I'd been seeing my girl for four years. She moved with me. Um, so I was in kind of this long-term relationship where after shows, I didn't want to go out and get shit-faced with the boys. I, I, I just wanted to do my set and go home. I'd already done that for six years, grinding the mics every night, not getting paid, sacrificing uh, personal time and personal life for comedy and I kind of hit a point where and I think all good comics do where you're just like I also have to live my life my life can't just be comedy because it, it starts to make you miserable right so the thing you love starts to make you miserable when it becomes your sole um, activity activity you're the only thing you're concentrating on so I think that's it's funny because I feel like Toronto didn't work out for me although buddies of mine have said you're being ridiculous Toronto was great for you you're twice the comic you were when you went there what are you talking about and in the long run in the, in the game of comedy that's what it's all about is being funnier so I guess it did work out for me in that aspect but I was hoping to definitely leave Toronto with you know maybe some TV or some sort of fucking credit I don't know I've been doing this so long and it take, it, it's so hard to make a living at this the fact of making a living at it with no credits is fairly impressive I think I don't know <laughs> but I think well okay well for me I started in uh, 1998 mm-hmm. so to, the only way I can be fair to myself and not think of myself as a failure is my legacy with the club mm-hmm. and all the shows and all the the work that I've given my fellow comics but also I can be a good performer. It's just I have to pour my heart into it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it does become all-encompassing. Yeah. And when that's the only thing in your life, it's a hard balance. So for me, it was more important to like be a good dad mm-hmm. and make sure the club was okay and kind of but it really I'm kind of I'm always the guy that says he's getting back into comedy. Yeah. Am I really getting back into comedy? I mean, that five-show really run. Did you ever leave, though? Yeah. 
all philosophical questions. But when I did that five show run in Halifax, yeah. it was exhausting. Yeah. And that's what you do all the time. Yeah. It must be tiring. It is. I have uh, hit a point in my career where I do a lot of pro shows on the weekends, and then I don't do a lot of mics during the week. I'll probably hit. I try to hit two, so I'll do like a Monday and a Thursday if I'm out on the road on the weekend type of thing, you know, because I've been working almost every Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, for 18 months, you know, like I, when I, September 1st of 2018, 2017, no, 2018, anyways, it doesn't matter. 18 months ago is when I quit my part-time job and was just like went all into comedy right so um to not burn out i think it's important to not go to a mic every single night you know like you can only do that for so long and i if if, if, if that's what makes you happy do it right it's just i find burning the candle at both ends where i'm at in my life right now it doesn't work for me anymore. right so and i don't know um, Brett Martin said to me when he came back here a few years ago, he's like, I can't believe you've gotten better in a place where there's less mics. Yeah. And for me, it was, the only way I could explain it to him was, I think I'm just hungrier for the laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel like. I feel like passion kind of drives me. Like tonight, when I bombed off the top, I introduced someone else and then thanks to Travis, got this other idea, mm. went back up and redeemed myself, I felt. felt like that second time I went up, I really popped. Yeah. And then it was like, man, like, but that whole arc from being depressed about not yeah. doing so well and then getting uh, the redemption laugh yeah. on the break because I was hosting, I had a chance to go back up. It was exhausting. So I feel like I have to pour everything that is in my heart yeah. and soul into a performance just to measure up to the other guys that do this for a living and I think I think you're on to something there I, I think you're also not giving yourself enough credit um, you did stand up for so long where a, a lot of comedy is just understanding the formulas and the math behind it it's why so many comics will watch another comedian and they won't laugh they'll just go oh that's funny because you see what's funny you watch them and you're like, ah, they did this and this to get to this and made the audience do that. So it's more like a, a recognition to the other comic than it is actually like finding them super funny, right? It's why yeah. it's why we're all such fucking dicks that way, you know? Yeah. So I think you just kind of hit a point where you've done enough stand-up that, that you know the math. You know what makes you funny you're a little older with your experience in life, so you know yourself better than you did when Martin first met you, you know, when, yeah. when you and Brett were doing comedy in Calgary. Yeah. So I think that maybe more so your understanding of comedy in whole is what made you better. Not that the hunger for the laughter didn't, but let's face it, we're all fucking laughter hounds, right? Like, yeah, we're all I mean, hungry we're for all the laugh. We're all hungry for the laugh. Yeah. So I don't know if it was as much you're more focused on that now or just even if you subconsciously understand the math of comedy more and it's just coming across that way more, you know? Yeah. It's, even though you don't have the stage time you did. Right, exactly. And I feel like I pissed away a lot of stage time. We all when I, when I had that <laughs> yeah. When I had that opportunity yeah. to be at the two mics a week, mm -hmm. for example, Yeah. I just was up there 
doing the stuff I knew that worked yeah. sometime. But, you know, I really feel like there was a time when you just, you did your act and then that, you could tour it around all the different towns and as long as you had a good 30 that worked, you didn't really need to create any more. Mm-hmm. I was in my little comfort zone. Yeah. And then I kind of got in this situation where the same people, I'm, I'm living in the same towns, I'm doing the same open mics and it's like the same people are coming to see me. So like every time I go out there, I have to be a different guy with a whole new different set of quote unquote jokes, if yeah. that's what you want to call them. Yeah. But I, I really still love the process and I love bombing and I love killing yeah. and I love everything in between. Yeah. Do you, when you go to the open mics now, do you write new stuff? Are yeah. you Are you working on new stuff? Oh, it's the only reason I go to open mics. Yeah, I, I find, I, personally, and I could be full of shit, because I don't know the actual psychological or the, the actual, like, idea behind this, but I feel like, anyways, that if I've already got my proven act, there's no, I don't, you know, I'm doing it twice or three times a week for money. There's no need for me to just go. I'm not sharpening it. If anything, I'm going to lose confidence and stuff at an open mic in a basement in front of seven people. What is great for that is going there and trying out brand new stuff, right? And, yeah, and getting it. a feel for the words coming out of your mouth, figuring out the laugh points. You know, uh, otherwise, I feel like, I, and I could be full of shit but I feel like I'm at a point in my career anyways where open mics aren't going to help me with just redoing stuff I already know that works I mean and there's an argument to be made for polishing your stuff and I've never had fucking TV so what do I know like maybe I should be polishing my shit more I don't know (laughs) I find that going to the open mics really enjoyable when you get a laugh off of something that's brand new. Yes. Isn't that a great feeling? The best feeling. And if you... But do you find that you get a pop at an open mic with a new joke, you have a lot of confidence in it, and then you take it back to a different open mic or even a pro show, and it bombs, and you're like, what happened? Yeah. Do you ever have that happen? All the time. What is that? Um, I wish I knew. I wish I knew too. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it's just... There's such a being in the moment, yes. Um, aspect of comedy. trying to recreate moments never works. It, it's, it's hard. You're killing the energy yeah. when you're trying to recreate yeah. it. Yeah, especially if it's um, and it's why callbacks and making fun of a room or all that sort of thing. Those tricks work so well in comedy. It's because the audience is there. They're experiencing it with you. They heard the you know like with the callback like. They're yeah. like, oh, from before, we were here for that, you know? Yeah. Or you're like, look at this shitty wall. And they're like, hey, we're in this building. That wall is shitty. Like, yeah, yeah. we're all in this together, right? It yeah. gives that feeling. Yeah. I where love that. as you try and take that, that worked really well somewhere, and you try and recreate that, sometimes it's impossible to do, right? Yeah. So you're touring like colleges and everything? Uh, yeah, everything, anywhere that's going to pay me, I'll do. And you're like really going on some tours. Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go west every year. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like a couple times a year. Oh, even. I'm all over the place. For come out west next weekend. I was there a couple weekends ago. I had to. I've got some shows in uh, Winnipeg at the end of May. I'm uh, going up north 
Uh, How far up north? What are we talking here? We're Fort talking McMurray? A Callowit. Oh, a Callowit. Yeah, going to a Callowit in July. That's almost as far north as you can be. Right? So, uh, and none of it's... That's Northwest Territories. Isn't that a Callowit? None of it. It's none of it. It's none of it. And actually, once... I should have known that. I've been to none of it, but and, it was... And once I do that, I will have performed and been paid to do so in every province and territory in this country. It's pretty amazing. That's something, eh? It is pretty amazing, <laughs> isn't it? It's pretty crazy, actually, Yeah. when I think about I it. I went to Nunavut and was paid, but not for comedy, for electrical. Yeah, for electrical, yeah. 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 Wow, that's a trip. Yeah. You, so, you, yeah, you've, you've done it now. Yeah, you've I've done con- it. conquered Canada. Yeah, I've conquered Canada. I did Newfoundland. What, what country is next? Where are you going? Uh, that's a great question, Australia. Uh, Australia. I bet you Australia would Austra- love you. Australia would be great. I've actually got a lot of buddies that do stuff there. I, I've got buddies that do stuff in the UK. I'd love to go to England. Yeah. Um... That is my next step, I think, is to start touring more internationally. Perfect. Yeah. And you would be a good international performer because I find that your stuff is very relatable. Thanks, Who can't relate to being a kid or your glasses fogging up? And and I know some of the, when you go for the stuff that's more, um, uh, how can I say it, broad? Yes. You know? It can it can be seen as watered down, but I don't feel that way at all. I feel like you're connecting with more people, yeah, and getting a different energy. And this is what I was telling you about my consistency. Like I am consistent, right? And I, I, I it is broad comedy, and I think that's how I relate to so many people. You yeah. know, whether you're from small town, big city, you know, there's not a lot of comics that can consistently hit as many rooms across the country, yeah. and hold their own. You exactly. Know, like, yeah. No, it's incredible what you've done and what you've managed to uh, do with your uh, material and to be just a paid comic in this thanks, country buddy. for so long. Like thanks, you're buddy. making your living off yeah. of what you love to do. Yeah. And how many people can say that? You know, that talking about whether you think if you're really a fucking cool comic and you're talking about, oh, it's so watered down, you know, like James Mullinger takes a lot of shit. Yeah. But James Mullinger is cash in checks, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like yeah. flying around and doing comedy yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And um, I, but I don't think he's done like international stuff yet. I think he's mostly just in Canada. Yeah. But uh, I really like, I, I don't know, I get the sense that a guy like you could go to Australia or England and just be instantly likable. Thanks, brother. That I get that sense. I don't know. Lot. But hey, my instincts have not always been right. So <laughs> you're like, don't, don't trust me. <laughs> don't jump off this ledge on my account. Yeah. But I think you could do it. I uh, really thanks, do. Buddy. I, I get that it. feeling. Awesome. But uh, yeah, where can people hear more about you? Where can they? Do you have any social media stuff um, anywhere that they can? I do need to get better on social media, but you can definitely check me out on Instagram at the Belf. Uh, at the Belf. B E L F. B E L F. I'm on Twitter at the Belf Seven. Um, I've got a new album, or what? A, uh, I've got an album that what? I uh, recorded. Yeah, recorded. Uh, it's few, my excited sound. A few weeks ago now, and I'm hoping to have that out in the summer. So sweet. Any work? Any uh, like uh, working titles? Uh, Are you not going to yeah. release that information? I was. I, I've got a couple working titles. I was thinking, um, staying together for the cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, you think you're better than me. Uh, because that is something that I my sister makes fun of me all the time like she's also a comedian and she makes fun of me all the time about how 
no matter what's going on in life, like I'll get really worked up at people because I think that they think that they're better than me, right? Like I'll be like, look at this fucking guy. He thinks he's so great. She's like, that, what are you talking about? Like, has that been your go-to line forever? <laughs> forever. You think, you think you're better than me? <laughs> yeah. Like, but you are a hockey guy. So you have you ever thrown down? Have you ever fought a guy? Oh yeah. What? Well, I've gotten I've gotten in some fights before, sure. Northern Alberta boy, you bet. I've lost a fight or two. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I'll just, on and off ice, both. Oh, on and off ice, yeah. It's either on ice or in a bar. Well, I've I off ice, yeah, a few times. Was it over a girl, Scott? No, no, no. Was just, it over a girl? It was just this skinny fucking guy with this big mouth of mine, you know? I, uh, I was always like... <laughs> so it was totally your fault, this Yeah, fight all the time, all the time. I was just like... You weren't like a fight starter? Uh, oh, I would, I would... It was something I used to do in college all the time is try and talk my way in and out of fights, you know? And Jeez, like, why? Like, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember, I had to eat soup for like a week and a half because a guy hit me in the jaw so hard I couldn't chew. I was just like, <laughs> that, that was when I stopped. That's when I was like, when what you're... am I doing? Like, why am I just going out and getting my ass kicked? Hey, you're not the first Canadian guy to just go have some dumb fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not that much different than me and my friends piling yeah. on the skateboards and yeah. throwing firecrackers at each other's head at midnight or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. We used to do this thing called uh, LSD. We thought it was so cool to abbreviate. Yeah. Late skate date. And we used to, like, all the kids in the neighborhood would sneak out of their parents' homes. I guess their homes. But, yeah. you know, obviously your kids got a curfew. But as soon as your parents went to sleep, we'd all, like, open up our windows, sneak out with our skateboards, and meet at the tennis courts. <laughs> and there was, like, there was no lights. Yeah. There's no lights at all, and we're all whipping around this tennis court. Very dangerous. So many guys got snagged up on that net, on that tennis net. That's so funny. Man. And we were, like, pushing each other, playing tag, and, like, it was violent. Yeah. Man. It, was, it was a wonder we didn't get killed yeah. by the skateboarding, by the hitting, or by our parents. Yeah. So, combination, but being a kid was so great. Do you have memories like that, like, in Alberta, playing sports? Uh, yeah, I mean... Or were you a sports kid? I, I, I played hockey for 10 years growing up, you know, like I was big into baseball. I was, I, I, I never excelled at it. I was never an athlete, but I sure enjoyed playing, you know? I don't know. I, lo- I think you're a very interesting person. And the next time we do a podcast, I think we're going to go a little deeper. We're gonna I go, like it. Like psycholo- yeah. psychologically, we're going to yeah. go into your childhood yeah, and stuff. Yeah, let's get into it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and then awesome. by the time you leave, you're not even going to be sure about your life anymore. And I, I'm already there. I'm so not. <laughs> <laughs> man. Honestly, man, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, this th- was great. Thanks for and, doing uh, it. And uh, at the Belf on the social media. Yeah, that's right. Twitter or Instagram or both? Uh, both. At the Belf 7 on Twitter. At the Belf and at the Belf 7. Yeah. And uh, if anybody forgets they can get a hold of me That's thanks right. for doing this Scott. Hey, thanks Shane love you man right back at your cheers brother. it hurts doesn't it you bastard <laughs> <laughs> I love that one I should be on stage with you <laughs> that's right that's right maybe oh, the yeah, next yeah, time yeah. we'll get no, you no I couldn't tell that'd be so funny if you oh. got up on stage and told dirty jokes oh <laughs> sure I'd be disbarred from the league <laughs>